Hi, good evening everyone. Thanks to my colleagues, Dr. Keithi Vasan and Intas for this opportunity. Orthogeriatrics is not a new term. It has been in work for the past 25 years or so, but fairly new in uh, recent in uh, India. Why it is very relevant at this point of time is we are seeing a significantly increase in the number of elderly patients with the fragility fractures and the complications associated with this fracture in our orthopedic practice. So we started this uh, department of orthogeriatrics, uh, first of its kind in India in Kaveri Hospital, Chennai in June 2015. It combines the medical specialties of uh, orthopedic as well as the geriatric medicine to provide a holistic care with the uh, infrastructure, the medical management, combined with the post-discharge, uh, the care for the patients. So the orthogeriatric team uh, comprises of uh, orthopedic surgeons, the geriatric physicians who are uh, specialists in the elderly geriatric care, the anesthetist, critical care physician, the nurses who are specialists in the geriatric care, the geriatric physiotherapist and geriatric occupational therapist. What made us to start, to start this department? I practiced for 15 years in uh, UK and Ireland where uh, I started my practice in uh, Ireland in 1995 and the population demography was already skewed more towards the geriatric population at that point of time. So we uh, in a trauma department where I worked in Belfast. In a single day, I used to see 20 to 25 patients uh, with the hip fractures in elderly, the fragility fractures. So the orthogeriatric department was uh, well developed uh, even at that point of time. And we are seeing in India as well as the uh, population ages, we are seeing a uh, number of patients who live beyond 80, 90 years uh, coming with the hip fractures and with this attendant risk and the complications. So when I returned back and started this uh, Kaveri Hospital in Chennai in 2010, we conceptualized this orthogeriatric department and uh, we started this department in 2015 in uh, Chennai Kaveri Hospital. Increasing geriatric population. The geriatric problem is not going to be exclusive to the Western and only the developed countries. But as the projection says, by the year 2050, 2050 more than 50% of the senior citizens or more than 50% of the geriatric population will live in developing countries like India and China alone. So we are going to see a significant increase in the people in the senior citizens age group and with the resultant problems as well. There's no doubt there's a higher morbidity and mortal after fragility fractures or other porotic fractures in this population. And also, once somebody has a fragility fracture, there is a higher chance that they will have another fragility fracture, uh, if not in immediate future or in later times. So, the fragility fractures management is, uh, though the basic principles remain the same, this poses a different kind of challenge uh, in terms of quality of the bone and its ability of the fracture to heal and also the implant considerations. That's why the orthogeriatric uh, department has got a special relevance in this current day and age. So morbidity and mortality after fragility fracture. If you see this slide, uh, after an elderly patient with an osteoporotic fracture, if you take from the right hand corner the death, the death irrespective of the best of the treatment you offer, the early fixation, early mobilization, within three months uh, nearly 12% of the people will die and it goes up to 21% in the, within the first year. This is irrespective of the best management. Then if you say that how much percentage of the people will be able to walk without support and going back to the active lifestyle, it's less than 3% only after 12 months. So it uh, produces a significant burden on the hospitals, the caregivers and the society in general. So the morbidity and mortality after fragility fracture continues to remain high. This is a very important one uh, because the how much percentage of the people 
return back to their uh, independence and autonomy in their activities of the daily living. If you look at that, bar on the, uh, the black is uh, post uh, uh, the fracture uh, stabilization and the uh, gray one is the pre-fracture. So the very few people return back to this autonomy and uh, independence after this uh, fragility fractures. This is irrespective of the best treatment being offered. So the special considerations in this geriatric population, most of them will have uh, comorbidities uh, with the hypertension being the highest one and the osteoporotic bone, particularly more so in uh, women, the postmenopausal age group and that their immunity will be compromised because of the various uh, uh, comorbidities like uh, diabetes and also because of the poor muscle strength, they recover uh, uh, very slow after uh, hip fracture fixation. The prevalence of comorbidities in the hip fracture. You see this uh, hypertension is one of the commonest comorbidities uh, followed by anemias, fluid and electrolyte disorders, pulmonary disease and diabetes and so on. So when we set up the uh, department, uh, to set up uh, the guidelines for our department, we uh, adapted the blue book uh, which is uh, which was brought up by the British Orthopedic Association, which defined the standards for this orthogeriatric department. So all patients with a hip fracture will be admitted to the orthopedic ward within four hours of presentation. All patients with a hip fracture who are medically fit should have surgery within 48 hours during the normal working hours. Why this 48 hours? I remember when I was uh, working in the uh, UK, if we don't operate on a patient with a hip fracture, fragility fracture within 48 hours, we need to fill out a form uh, which was uh, directly linked to the Department of Health website justifying the reasons why we have not done the surgery within 48 hours of admission. All the hip fractures uh, patients uh, will be capped uh, so that they minimizing the risk of the pressure ulcer and all the patients presenting with the fragility fracture should have an access to the orthogeriatric uh, physician and medical management and all the patients with the fragility fractures should be started on uh, uh, osteoporosis uh, medication management and all these patients will undergo multidisciplinary approach to prevent the further risk of falls. These are the six parameters he adapted from the blue book by the British Orthopedic Association. Uh, to set a benchmark of, uh, of our clinical care. So the essential steps in the emergency management, as soon as the patient, elderly patient uh, with a hip fracture presents to the ER department, we should not delay in uh, any admission process. Many times uh, they get stuck in the emergency department with uh, irrelevant and unnecessary investigations, uh, sometimes even MRI scan and all. No, they should be undergo a quick evaluation and they should be admitted in the orthogeriatric department at the shortest possible time. And adequate pain control is the key because these elderly patients uh, with a lot of pain, it will lead to mental confusion. And uh, the bladder catheterization should be done in all female patients and also the male patients with incontinent bladder and altered consciousness. Uh, they should be screened for urinary tract infection because that can further lead to mental confusion. They all should be well hydrated. And the preoperative optimization, and most of the time if you see this, the patient is at his best at the time of injury. Whatever you do after that is unlikely to uh, improve his uh, medical condition significantly. That's why we say that uh, uh, try to surgically stabilize them within 48 hours. Anyway, with the preoperative optimization, we have to assess the cognitive dysfunction, if there are electrolyte imbalances which needs to be corrected, if there's a coagulopathy disorder, this needs to be addressed. Also, we should get a cardiologist review to optimize the cardiac function. And also the medications. And many times, uh, these elderly people are uh, on multiple medications, so the polypharmacy. So we should optimize the 
medications and uh, giving them the only minimum which is uh, needed. So, the non-operative versus operative management. Uh, in India, particularly, we, if we uh, see a problem many times, even if the patient is willing for uh, surgery, uh, the uh, patient's uh, sons and daughters, they will say that, no, my mom or dad won't cope up with surgery, so we will manage without the surgery. So, it became our duty to explain to them uh, why the surgery is very uh, important. At this day and age, I don't think we should be talking about the non-operative management at all because it, uh, there's a significant mortality associated with the non-operative management within the first one month uh, after this fracture. So we do spend some time uh, in explaining to the patients and relatives that even if the surgical risk is very high, the surgical management is the uh, gold standard treatment in this uh, elderly patients with the fragility fractures. The timing of the surgery, time and again the evidence is, uh, keeps uh, coming back saying that uh, we should operate on them less than 48 hours unless otherwise there is a medical condition which can be reversed with a prolonged uh, medical management. And uh, there is uh, 48 hours but preferably even within less than 24 hours uh, is uh, even better. We always have uh, problems uh, with anesthetists saying that uh, a patient is on aspirin and clopidogrel so we should postpone the surgery for four to five days. Uh, that uh, battle keeps continuing but uh, I keep insisting on to my anesthetists that uh, however there is a limited evidence, uh, there isn't a good evidence to support that uh, uh, even patients with the aspirin and clopidogrel can be operated early. But uh, this will go on for uh, uh, some more time until the anesthetists uh, get convinced that they, by operating early, uh, we are helping the patients to recover faster. How to avoid delay? Within one hour of the admission, our patients are seen by the geriatric physician as well as by the anesthetist and we uh, agree on a treatment optimization plan and schedule the patient for surgery. Uh, the next available list of first patient is the morning list. Please don't leave uh, these surgeries uh, for out of hours uh, trauma list. These patients need extra care. They should be first on the list on the next day preferably. The surgical considerations of the operative technique, it is uh, definitely far more challenging than operating on a young 30 or 35 year old patients with a similar kind of uh, fractures. Uh, if it is an uh, intracapsular fractures, uh, we go for normally a hemiarthroplasty or a total hip replacement. And uh, the, if it is an extracapsular intertrochanter fracture, we uh, go ahead with a fixation, uh, preferably with the proximal femoral nail or the dynamic hip screw. So total hip replacement versus a hemiarthroplasty in a fractured hip in elderly people. Previously, there was a concern about uh, doing a total hip replacement in these uh, patients uh, because of the higher incidence of uh, complication like a dislocation. But our technique and implants have far significantly improved and total hip replacement provides uh, uh, superior outcome when compared with uh, hemiarthroplasty, particularly in people who are less than 80 years of age and who has got more than four years of life expectancy. Whereas people more than 80 years and then less than four years of life expectancy, a hemiarthroplasty gives uh, good results as well. Cemented versus uncemented. Uh, for a quicker uh, surgery, uh, many surgeons used to prefer uh, uncemented uh, hemi or total hip replacement but uh, the uncemented uh, uh, the hip replacement has got its own challenges uh, with the patients presenting back with the thigh pain and the intraoperative and postoperative periprosthetic fracture so our preference and the evidence is also more in favor of a cemented uh, hip replacement or hemiarthroplasty in these patients with the intracapsular fracture neck of femur many times these people uh, uh, the patients have got uh, illnesses like Parkinsonism and the stroke, neuromuscular disorders. To prevent the risk of uh, dislocation, we use a dual mobility, the hip replacement with the cup, uh, which reduces uh, the uh, chances of dislocation. And if it is uh, a tracapular trochanteric fractures, we fix it with uh, dynamic hip screw or proximal 
uh, femoral nailing uh, because of the poor quality of the bone uh, sometimes the implant can fail before the fracture heals and uh, one thing we have to understand is all these people have got only one chance with their uh, for surgery you do a good surgery they recover very well for some reasons if the surgery leads to complications they don't do that well after their second fracture surgery so we try to get a best of the implants possible uh, now we get this augmented cement augmented uh, fracture fixation devices or uh, the special interlocking screw fixation in the proximal femoral nail with this uh, we minimize the complications like uh, the screw uh, cutout or the implant failure sometimes even in extra capsular fractures we do hemiarthroplasty if the fracture is severely communicated or if the patient has got already an evidence of uh, degenerative arthritis and if the bone is severely osteoporotic uh, which will compromise on uh, the internal fixation or a failed internal fixation also can be considered for hemiarthroplasty or total hip replacement the post operative care is uh, the fundamental uh, in restoring the pre injury uh, level of uh, mobility in these patients early mobilizations many times i see uh, orthopods uh, uh, saying to the patients or uh, the therapists uh, because of uh, not so good fixation or various reasons they say non weight bearing mobilization a 80 year old is uh, not going to mobilize if you say that you should not put weight on the affected hip they all should be aggressively mobilized very early preferably the same day or the next day after the surgery. This minimizes the hospital complications like uh, the DVT and the pulmonary atelectasis and all. So our dietitian is very actively involved uh, in the management of them as well as the urologist and the continence care. But one of the things which has improved outcome in our patient is we have got an extensive rehabilitation program which is uh, planned at the time of surgery itself about how they are going to manage at home. This post-op rehab program is well established in the western world. In our hospital we have got a rehab center which is a 30 bedded rehab center for this elderly patients if they can go to the rehab or if the patients want to go home uh, with the adequate support we have got an extended home care nowadays uh, these patients don't come back to us uh, uh, for the stitch removal or catheter removal or dressing change all this thing is uh, provided by our extended uh, home care delivery team which does uh, regular periodic monitoring our physiotherapists visit them every day at home and our nurses uh, go ahead with the dressing and removal of stitches they uh, come back with a video call uh, so that uh, we uh, monitor them mobilizing at home and the next visit to the hospital maybe only after three to six months time uh, when they are up and mobilizing uh, fully well with uh, for a check x-ray so most of these patients get discharged on the fourth or fifth day after surgery but our care doesn't stop at the hospital it extends to home that has significantly improved our the outcome of these patients but one important thing is uh, many times as orthopedic surgeons we don't focus on the osteoporosis management because we worked very closely with the, the geriatric physicians, we evaluate them for osteoporosis and all these patients get this vitamin D, 6 lakh units during the in-hospital admission itself, followed by the management of the biphosphonates or teriparatide, vitamin D and calcium. And false prevention, as I said earlier, these patients are prone to develop another fragility fractures because of the fall and these patients attend the false prevention clinic by education, exercises and the modification, eye care as well as addressing of the foot problems and also the, the walking aid modification. Important thing is home modifications. Our occupational therapy team 
visits them and ensures that they have got a non-slippery floor and as well as the railings on the staircases with enough lighting. So all these things are for come under the false prevention clinic with the help of the geriatric physician as well as the neurologist. We run this clinic very effectively. Thank you. Thanks again for everyone for giving this opportunity and listening to me. Thank you.